You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? I am great. It's really, it's a uh, football season this week. It's this week. It's football season. Uh, yesterday, the NFL network had an outstanding all day broadcast where they broadcasted reports and live shots and interviews from all 32 NFL training camps. And man, it, it lit the fires for football for me. Uh, it, it's, it's football season. We we're no longer counting down. It's here. No, I'm, I'm with you on that. Now, the only thing that I don't like, it's a bit of a tease because, and we'll talk about this game maybe today, but there's so much to talk about. Um, the Pittsburgh Steelers and Dallas Cowboys play Thursday. And obviously, you know, we, we've mentioned it before. You got um, Najee, you got uh, Trayvon Diggs, you got Amari, you got Minka, you got Hassan Hauer, I think, right? Yep. Right. right. Okay. That's so right. you got a bunch of, you got a bunch of dudes from Alabama um, but then they take a week off. Like you don't, nobody oh. in the NFL plays for another week. Yeah, that is a bummer. It is, it, it is more like a tease. It's like, hey, football starts, but we're only giving you like barely an appetizer. And then you wait till, until the whole next Thursday. But then there's the full schedule. But yeah, we, we, we do get the one game this week. Heck, the NFL barely counts it as being a game at all because as we know, uh, everybody play is everybody playing three preseason games this year or four? Is it still four? I don't even know. <laughs> is it three or four that everyone's playing? I'm not um, sure, I, but I thought it was three. Count. I think it's three too. But this game, the Steelers and the Cowboys game, doesn't even count towards that total for them. So they'll play this and then three others. the The Hall of Fame game doesn't even count as a preseason game because. They'll play free like everyone else, so it's 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 a it's a strange way to start the season. But hey, who cares? It's a uh, it's 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 twenty twenty one football. Well, look, I, I want to start on basketball, I guess, and talk about Josh Primo being drafted by the Spurs at twelve. Um, we hadn't talked about that since NBA draft because Friday, I think we did some more countdown stuff and. Um, it's just been a, a whirlwind of a week. I, I mean, Jimmy, I know you guys in QB country, you may not be facing the same dilemma, but uh, in the manufacturing side, and I think on the retail side and, and restaurants, et cetera, uh, I'm on the manufacturing side, and, man, it is <laughs> – times are nuts right now. I mean, we got a lot of work, but you don't have as many people out there working, and there's, like, a lot of chokes in the system. And so yep. – Work has been bananas, and so it's a little bit more difficult for me to find time sometimes on a more regular or regimented basis to do the podcast. I'm sure there are folks out there who feel my pain, but um, regardless, uh, yeah, I wish we had been able to talk about Josh Primo after it happened on Thursday because it, it was a little bit more relevant then, but Primo being drafted 12th. Uh, congratulations to him, first and foremost, youngest player in the draft, going to the San Antonio Spurs, going to play for Greg Popovich, one of the greatest coaches in NBA history. The The only thing that worries me, um, first of all, I would say most grades for his selection have been C or worse, and I kind of get it because 
drafting the youngest player in the draft who only averaged eight points a game at Alabama um, at number 12 is, yeah, you know, you're, you're reaching a little bit when that's not one of your needs either. San Antonio, that wasn't one of their needs. But I think San Antonio has earned enough street cred where it's like um, – uh, I'll talk about this with Dane Shore to some extent in the next segment. Like if San Antonio wants him, why don't more people want him there? You know what I mean? I think that's what some people are looking at. Like San Antonio has been so good with their player evaluations that I think um, some other experts are like, okay, I don't love this pick for all these obvious reasons, but I kind of wonder if I'm uh, missing out here because if San Antonio loves him, why don't I love him? Exactly. I mean, that's a great, I mean, San Antonio is known as one of the wisest drafting teams with, uh, with, 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 with that crew they have over there led by Popovich. Uh, it's kind of hard to, to argue with San Antonio's success in the draft, I guess what I'm saying. But yeah, I, for as, as happy as I am for Josh, I can understand the criticism because if you're picking in the lottery, that means you really need to improve your team now. And the selection of Josh Primo seems only wise if you're drafting someone who can help you down the road. But the Spurs don't need down-the-road help. They need help right now, and they drafted an 18-year-old. So I understand any criticism about that. I get that. Uh, but as we Alabama fans know, uh, Josh Primo is one thing today, and he's going to be something completely different uh, uh, tomorrow. Uh, Primo is is going to improve uh, rapidly, and he's probably going to be a very good NBA player in time. Uh, it'll be real interesting to see how many minutes uh, he plays next season. Uh, you know, being such a young kid, but uh, I'm excited for him. And to think that Josh Primo is the fifth highest drafted Alabama player of all time after a season in which he didn't. He, he wasn't one of the most prominent players on the team. It just goes to show uh, – this is what it goes to show. It, it's, it's this, and, and it's something that we all have to learn in all sports, and, and it's ap- applicable to football too, is the draft in the next level has so little to do with what you did in the previous level. And that's why as a recruit here, – here's a good example, like in football recruiting – where a high school running back uh, has 2,800 yards rushing and the fans cannot figure out why he doesn't have more big-time offers. Well, it's because he's 5'9 and, and 181 pounds and runs a 4'7", 240. You can be that size and that speed and be really productive in high school, but it's just not going to work at the next level. Everything is about translation to the next level. And what the Spurs see in Josh Primo's game is this is a kid whose game really translates to what we do here in the NBA. And that's why he was drafted so much higher than what his production suggested. So, uh, you know, it works both ways. Um, but, But it's all about a projection to the next level which is what makes evaluations and, and recruiting and drafting very interesting and also makes it very hard. Yeah, and I don't want to spend any time today talking about the Herb Jones side because we got to get to Dane Shore and i got to get to one other thing. But we'll talk about Herb Jones going to the Pelicans and his uh, being reunited with Kyra Lewis too. 
but Josh Primo strikes me as a um, almost like an an arranged marriage. I mean, you're you're banking on somebody really young, and you're hoping they're pretty, and you're hoping that they're nice, and that they that they have good business sense, and can cook well, and like scratching your back, and and like uh, you know are good to your friends or whatever, because. Uh, that boy, they are taking a youngster here and you don't know anything about him. Literally, we don't know very much about him. I know he had some some nice camps or uh, pre-draft camps, I guess. But man, I just thought that was so high. I, again, I'm thrilled for the kid. But like you said, first of all, it's weird to me that he's the fifth highest drafted player in Alabama history and he was the first SEC player off the board this year. That is weird. That's I mean, the, uh, that's that. It's mind-boggling, really. That is mind-boggling. Was he? He was barely the fifth best player <laughs> on the team last fall. That is so true. I mean, it's just weird. I, again, I'm not saying he didn't deserve it. Please understand this. It just it. NBA drafts, and NBA draft probably more so than any other draft because. Um, it, even in the major league, you know, you can draft somebody right out of high school, but you're like, okay, they're going to go into the the minors for a while. NBA draft, especially like in a lottery, you kind of think, okay, this dude's going to come in and help us. And NBA draft is basically, we hope you're this good. Now, please be this good because if you're not, I'm fired <laughs> as a general manager. Um, <laughs> and here's a great point. Here's good. a great point. This 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 could be a good analogy, Luke. It's a good question for you. Okay, let's say that okay that after last football season, okay, after last football season, the 20, we just played the 2020 football season, and now we're at April draft time, you can only draft Alabama football players, but they could be any age. Who's the first pick in the draft? Will it's Anderson. Probably, the, Anderson? Yeah, maybe Will Anderson's what jumps to mind for me, and he was a freshman on that team. And, um, and I, I guess that's kind of the point of how Primo gets drafted ahead of so many older kids because you're like, oh, wait, I can draft any age kid? I'm going to take the kid with the most upside, not the one that's already proven to be a good player against his peers. I'm taking the kid with the upside, and that's why Will Anderson very likely would have been the number one pick off the Alabama team had there been an Alabama player draft only last April. So that's how Primo gets drafted as high as he did and highest drafted player in the SEC. They, the Spurs just see him as here's the kid with the most upside. And look, Jimmy, I, I agree with everything that you're saying right here. Um, I would also also argue that you could make the case that Josh Primo going 12th to the San Antonio Spurs is a microcosm of why our society is in the shitter in the sense that um, we don't bet on anything that's like solid anymore. Nobody, nobody buys stock in IBM and Disney. We all buy cryptocurrencies that are, that have a picture of a dog on them because we're like, Oh shit, this thing may blow up and I don't want to not be rich quick. And instead of taking something that's very, very good, like Chris Duarte, and I like Chris, I again, I'm happy for Josh Primo. Please do not misunderstand this, anybody. But my point is Josh Primo is not even 19 yet. Chris Duarte is 24, has been like the national um, junior college player of the year. He kicked ass for Oregon. He's a proven commodity. You know what you're going to get, and it's going to be pretty good. 
but the 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 potential of Josh Primo's being a little bit better than him because I don't think anybody's thinking Josh Primo is going to be Michael Jordan. No shot at Josh Primo again, but I think people are like, okay, Josh Primo could be really good. Um, and we know Chris Duarte at 24, who is the oldest player in the draft, ironically, uh, they were drafted back to back. Um, he, we kind of know what he's going to be. So we're banking on somebody being a little bit better than the guy we know is already really good. Um, it's just it's just weird to me how things are playing out in American society today. When as a forty eight year old man, when I was growing up, you know, it was always like, you know, try and be, you know, try and be slow and steady. Try this would blow Dave Ramsey's head apart trying to do that. You know, Dave Ramsey, the financial guy, is always like, you know, just pay off your debts and, and keep your head down and do the grind and do the work, and then eventually your hard work pays off. Whereas this is literally the infomercial at two in the morning. If you don't buy Josh Primo stock today, your neighbor will, and you will be in the poorhouse while he is lounging on the beach, having his back <laughs> rubbed by models. You know, and it's just it's just bizarre to me. But I got to get to a live read, Jimmy. Before I, I mean, because it sounds like I'm killing Josh Primo, and I'm not. I'm happy as hell for him. I just think it's a very very odd way to uh, run your team. Built Bar, <laughs> segue of all segues. Built Bar. Go to it was going to be great if we had a new sponsor that was a cryptocurrency. <laughs> yeah. Dogecoin. Oh, shit, Jimmy. <laughs> Our podcast brought to you by Bitcoin. Oh, damn it. <laughs> um, anyway, Built Bar. B-U-I-L-T Bar, but it's Built.com. Built.com. Built.com, but it's for Built Bar. So go to Built.com. Check out Built Bar. Go get a Built Bar. Eat a Built Bar. Love a Built Bar. Adopt more Built Bars. Keep them in your house for when friends come over. Then they can buy Built Bars. They can all use the promo code LOCKED15. Get 15% off that order at Built.com. You love them. I love them. They got carrot cake back for like a minute and then they got away with it they got grasshopper cookie back for a minute they, they're teasing us and i mean in a good way like fun teasing way to go built uh but builtbar.com these things are delicious covered in chocolate good for a keto diet or a keto diet as jimmy has told us that's when you eat built bars and get on your friend's couch uh your murderous friend's couch built.com you know how much funnier that is when you say versus, you know, lounge on your friend's couch versus lounge on your murderous friend's murderers. couch? So your murderers. Your murderer so friend. When you use murderers. Um, anywho. Do you have any friends well, that are murderers? Do you? <laughs> well, well it, it just struck me. Do I? I don't. Sure, if yeah, you man. do, you, I know a great way for you to lose weight. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, if you're eating a built bar. From built.com, you can then go to betonline.ag, betonline.ag, get all your bets in at betonline.ag. You're going to love this site. It's easy to pay in, even easier to get paid through betonline.ag. This place is bananas. It's fantastic. You can bet on Major League Baseball. You can bet on, you could have bet on the NBA draft. You could have won some some cryptocurrency your damn self if you had bet on Josh Primo uh, going number 12. There's no doubt about that. But you can play poker. You can play blackjack. Um, they give you these little incentives to 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 put in sometimes, and it's all great. I mean, betonline.ag, they, they're they the caring uh, betonline site. So go to betonline.ag, check them out, use promo code LOCKEDON, 50% welcome bonus. Can't beat that with a stick. You can try and beat it. You might be able to bet on it. 
at betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag, use promo code locked on. All right, Jimmy, really quickly, why don't you tell everybody about your your venture with On3, which apparently has like completely launched the Bama side of it now. It's sort of a new uh, 24-7 slash rivals thing, and um, they came out with all their five stars. But I just want you to push On3 here for just a moment. Yeah, sure. No, I'm happy to. Uh, yeah, it's a real uh, honor to work for, for On3. Uh, you know, I, I guess you could say, uh, you know, in terms of, you know, what it is and what it's going to be is, uh, you know, you know, basically off. It's going to be similar to 24-7 Sports and Rivals, which was both companies started, uh, founded by and created by Shannon Terry. Shannon is who was creating On3 and the way he, he describes it is, you know, each time it's been bigger and better and, and improved and and innovative and and i think innovative is is the best way to describe this it's it, it's it's sort of like the old concepts but it's going to be bigger and better and more fan friendly and more player friendly and it's going to offer a lot more services uh than, than 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 what you're used to and uh as far as bama on three which is specifically what i'm uh associated with bama on three uh it, it, it is going to be, this is what I'm asking for, is excitement, but uh, also patience. <laughs> it is going to be the premier on-site destination website for Alabama fans and players uh, to congregate. It is going to be that way. Now, it is, it, it's begun, it's live. Anyone can, can go there now and look around and read the great work, our, our recruiting, uh, uh, our recruiting expert Nikki Chavanel. She is fantastic. She is hardworking, and she knows her stuff. You guys are going to love reading her uh, recruiting work. Um, Nikki's great, and and of course I'll be extremely active on the message board. It will have a message board just like what everybody's familiar with. So I'll be discussing Alabama sports all day long there. And uh, it's live now, but be patient. Right now, it's me and Nikki uh, by design. Uh, me and Nikki are, and, and of course, everyone that works for On3 Nationwide will, will be contributing because everyone around you know, the country writes stories that Alabama uh, fans will be interested in. That, that You can all find that from the Bama site. Uh, so there will be a lot of content. The message board will be great. It will be the best daily discussion of Alabama sports uh and, and alabama football starting up this week so there's lots of reasons to go subscribe and be a member today get in on the ground floor uh the one promise i'll make is down the road as we're building this over a year maybe two years it will be built to the full capacity when it gets to full capacity it will blow away anything that's been out there in the marketplace before for Alabama fans. So I'm really excited. It's fun. It's a great team to be on the same team with Shannon, to be on the same team with Ivan Mazel uh, and our unbelievable uh, uh, recruiting team that's being built, spearheaded by Chad Simmons, who's one of the great names in the industry. Uh, Chad had a great interview with Dane Shore yesterday up. So cool stuff. And uh, yeah, I am uh, thrilled to be a part of it, but I will be right here with Locked On Every Day uh, with Luke. I like your um, 
being the Tyler Love of the own three team where you're going to get a national championship ring in 09, but it's really Julio Jones, a.k.a. Shannon Terry, doing all the work. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's right. No, that's uh, right. Shannon's, uh, Shannon's uh, he's, uh, right. there, there's, a re- there's a reason it's all been hugely successful, and there's a reason on three is going to be hugely successful, and we know what that is. Yeah, Shannon, uh, if Shannon drafted Josh Primo, I would buy some Josh Primo stock. Shannon's got his stuff together, dude. Um, okay, let me let me read this one other thing. Um, a guy named Cameron Bishop emailed me, a uh, super guy, apparently. I think he is now. He said, Luke, I'm an avid listener to the podcast that you and Jimmy do. I just want to drop you a note and let you know that you and Jimmy do a great job. Great analysis on each episode. Please share this with Jimmy. So I'm sharing it with the world. Um, I don't know how he got my email. I'm I'm fine with it. I mean, I don't care. I mean, you know, I'd love a stalker. If anybody else is talking about, oh, I get away from stalkers. I hadn't had one yet. I'd love one. It'd be kind of cool. Um you know, I feel like you've made it when you have a stalker. Not saying he's a stalker. I'm saying I appreciate his emailing us and saying that. So uh, thank you, Cameron, for that. And then also a mutual friend of ours, Robert, said he would like us at some point in the podcast this week to just talk about how you and I ever got to be friends. And um, we'll talk about that later because, frankly, as I told him, I was like, you know, it's one of those things where I'm not really sure. I know it was I know it was Internet related. Um <clears throat> I don't think it was on J-Date, but it could have been, or Farmers Only. I, but Jimmy may have to refresh my memory on that. Um, it all started I, with both of us swiping right. <laughs> all right, Jimmy, let's take another break. When we come back, I want to talk about Bama's newest commitment. All right, so Alabama gets a commitment from Dane Shore, um, who oddly doesn't have an E on the end of his name. Does that, does that bother you at all? Well, he's tough. He's tough. He doesn't need me. <laughs> Keep your E, you son of a bitch. That's when people were passing out names. Dane Shore's great, great ancestors were just saying, I don't need your stinking E. Yeah. He had an appointment to go kick somebody's ass, so he left before they handed out the E. <laughs> yeah, I got a I got a ass kicking to go to. I don't have time for you to hand me that E. Um, but Dane Shore, uh, I thought it was interesting. Um, okay. He apparently grew up an Auburn fan. I, I haven't read that from him, uh, per se. I did read it on a message board somewhere and I don't know if it's true, but I, I'll roll I with it. Uh, I, I think it, I think it, it's enough. It, it It's true enough where we can say it. That's yeah, true enough. So. Okay. So yep. I did, it was funny because, uh, six months ago, I think most of the Auburn boards felt like Dane Shore would be going to Auburn because he was an Auburn fan, even though that's usually the kiss of death for Auburn fans is they would gleefully tell you or regrettably tell you, I guess. Um, but so Auburn didn't ended up not really pressing for him, which was a little odd considering their need for offensive linemen. And so Alabama does press for him, does get his commitment, does seem very happy about it, does take it, you know, earlier than they would take some other people maybe in the same position. So letting you know uh, this is sort of a Josh Primo thing where they're like, okay, we, yeah, we like this kid enough to go ahead and take his commitment. And I, I perused some of the message boards yesterday and, and there were some Auburn fans saying, okay, look, I hate Alabama as much as the next guy. But if Alabama's taking him, why aren't we? Now, you know, it, it we're, we're the ones that need offensive tackles and they're taking a dude that we didn't press for. Did we miss something? 
And that's the same kind of logic about drafting Josh Primo to me is, okay, yeah, we didn't love him, but the Spurs do. And the Spurs have been arguably the most well-run organization in the NBA the last 25 years. So tell me why we didn't love him. And I think that's kind of where I am with him. I think Dane Shore is a very good player. I'm glad we took his commitment. Um, I just, and if Alabama wants him, if Nick Saban wants him at this point, I'm kind of like, yeah, Nick Saban's earned uh, the ability to take whoever the hell he wants. Yeah. Uh, his recruitment is a little odd, but, but, but the, the reason it's a little odd in my opinion, in terms of like, why why there's some split on him i mean georgia hasn't offered either he's a he's an in-state georgia kid and they didn't offer and grew up an auburn fan they they weren't involved uh but uh look who is involved texas a&m oklahoma tennessee uh, alabama i mean some of the very best programs in the nation love this guy and i think in terms of okay why is there such a split I think it's almost 100% has to do with him missing his entire junior year. I mean, if you're evaluating him on tape, you have to go watch him play in the 10th grade. And the offensive line is a tough spot to do that because there is no position on the field where the kids change more year to year than the offensive line, where you see great prospects make drastic improvement year to year. And maybe some kids who came to high school as really big kids don't really develop athletically year to year. So offensive line is a position you really have to you have to take your latest what's the latest look at this guy? And there was no junior tape. He was also supposed to spend his junior year at IMG after playing back in Georgia, his ninth and tenth grade years. So he goes to IMG to play his junior year where hey, if you're really, really good and you start and you're a badass at IMG, you're going to be offered by every college football program in the country. Well, he goes to IMG, but he gets hurt and he can't play. So there is no tape of him playing at IMG, but Alabama did see him practice at IMG before he got hurt. And I think what's really interesting here, I've uh, talked about a lot today with all three folks, um, look, at, look at what Alabama's current tackle situation is. Evan Neal, left tackle, IMG. Who could be the right tackle? J.C. Latham, IMG Academy. Who's one of the best commitments in the 22 class so far? Tyler Booker, tackle from IMG. Where did Dane Shore spend last year? Uh, he was going to play tackle at IMG and got hurt. So Alabama seems to have a hankering for IMG tackles, and they've all been good. We just don't really have tape on Dane Shore. But Alabama saw him in camp, and Alabama said, we want this guy. So – I have a lot of confidence that this is going to be a really good player, a really good prospect. He certainly has that size at 6'6", 290, which is basically prototypical tackle size. Uh, even though he kind of grew up liking Auburn and believing one day he would go to Auburn, Chad Simmons from on three reported in his interview uh, with Chad Simmons from a few months ago, uh, Dane believed he would end up playing football at Auburn. That's what he thought he was going to end up doing, uh, but then his recruitment sort of blew up beyond that, frankly, you know. So uh, I, I'm, I'm on board with this. I agree that Dane is a guy that we're probably not going to rank highly compared to others in the class, but that doesn't mean I'm not uh, on board or excited about this. Uh, he also has positional versatility, a kid that we 
has sort of always been a tackle, but uh, but Alabama sees him as a kid who could slide inside to guard or even maybe center. Uh, and speaking of IMG, James Smith from Carver High School down in Montgomery, a five-star uh, junior to be, is transferring to IMG, and this guy is a badass. I mean, he's like certified. He's been verified by Twitter as a badass, and um, he's going. He's got a blue check headed to IMG, and um, this has got to be good news for Alabama, I would think, just to get him to IMG where Alabama's had a lot of, you know, it's not just offensive linemen Alabama gets out of there. They've gotten some dudes out of IMG. Yeah, even Dylan Moses spent time there. Uh, IMG, uh, Alabama. Alabama does well when they they darken. When they darken, that's right. That's right. So, you know, the only thing that bothers me a little bit is I'm sort of vested in, the 2023 in-state class being maybe the best in Alabama state history. I'm not saying it is yet. Uh, I want to get the 22 cycle behind us before I I emphatically state that. But now maybe the very best dude of all in the 2023 class is moving out of state. We can't count him. I don't think we can count him as in-state anymore uh, unless he moves back for his uh, senior year. But, uh, so, yeah, that's the only downside uh, uh, to me. But in terms of Alabama's chances of signing him, uh, they are certainly not dinged by him transferring to IMG. Yeah, and Jaleel Skinner is also transferring there, the tight end uh, that Alabama mm-hmm. loves. So, I mean, my goodness. Uh, good luck with that. It's so funny. Um, you know, high school for me, even though I went to a small high school and only played basketball because we didn't have a football team, um, I remember it so fondly and and – you know, the the high school stuff with the some of the rah-rah stuff, I didn't have quite as much as everybody else because we were a small private school, but we played uh, in public classifications. Um, but, you know, it seems like people are just not so worried about – because James Smith and, and Jaleel Skinner and anybody at IMG, they can't play for a state championship at IMG. You're, you're basically playing 10 um, uh, what, exhibition games. Now, they they're, people play hard – for these exhibition games because the teams you're playing want to prove they can come for your head and beat you. But, uh, and, and you're trying to get uh, more notoriety and, and, you know, build your brand, even at this young high school age, it's just odd that um, I would prefer as a member of the HSA radio network to see James Smith play for Carver so that I, perhaps I could call him in a state championship game. But the Alabama fan in me is like, hey, get your butt down to IMG, get prepared, and get ready to come to Alabama and be ready to whip even more ass. That's exactly how I feel about it. Uh, I mean, there's part of me that wants the kid to stay in-state, be part of the greatest in-state class ever, be an in-state pickup for Alabama. I can more easily see him play uh, in person if he's in, in Alabama. But IMG honestly does prepare these kids for the SEC so well in the sense that, uh, you know, look at a J.C. Latham, look at so many of our IMG kids who have been good right away. Uh, I think it's because of the incredible competition that they face on on the practice field every day. When you get to practice every day against another kid who's also going to sign with the big time, uh, that's what makes you a better player. So I'm on board with IMG preparing you to play in the SEC as well as anyone can in this country really but uh, there's also a downside to it uh you know it would be more fun to see these elite kids in their hometowns competing for their hometowns trying to win state championships you know it's almost gotten sad to the extent of 
if you're a really good player and you just happen to be um, play play for like a smaller classification or that's just where you were born, you know, like uh, Sean Alexander, you know, he's a great case, grew up, what, Boone County, Kentucky, um, Boone County. He played against, or, or Derrick Henry even. I mean, you know, Derrick Henry played against a bunch of midgets. Now he's playing against a bunch of midgets even in the NFL. They're not midgets by definition, <laughs> but they but he makes them look that way. Um, so people always question, you know, well, he didn't want to play with the big boys. You know, what if he just wants to play for his hometown? I mean, what's, what's wrong with that? I, I have no problem with that. You know, our Darius Stewart at Fultondale, uh, I think was they were 3A, and he just killed people every week. And everybody was like, yeah, but he's not doing it in 7A. Well, damn it. He grew up in a 3A town. Let him just have fun at high school. We don't have to – pretty soon I know we're all going to have a neo – uh, Nick Saban neonatal unit where you have an incubator um, that soon as we know, uh, you know, somebody's had what we think will eventually be a five-star at age one, we're going to put them in this five-star incubator. And then they're just going to go through school, you know, uh, through all the offensive tackle, uh, reading, writing, and arithmetic classes. And then, you know, they'll come to Alabama as a fully grown offensive lineman. But for now, let's just let them be kids when they, while they can be kids. Um, and let's just go that route. So, also, uh, Jacoby Stevens decommitted from LSU. The safety is any positive about that for Alabama, or do you think he's headed to A and M? I was going to say the same. Alabama will be involved. I'm sure Alabama. Uh, you know, you, you you send the postcard, you give the coach a call. I I, I think Alabama is likely to be interested, uh, but at the same time, uh, the industry seems to believe uh, this kid is decommitted from LSU so he can sign with Texas A&M. Um, and Jimmy, one other thing, if you want to feel old and really all I have to do to I feel do. old now is wake up in, in the morning. Um, <laughs> actually, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm so old that when I wake up, I'm like, I've made it. <laughs> ooh, ooh. One, more, yeah, nice. one more shot at this. <laughs> Thanks for one more day. Good Lord. Um, I'm not done yet. Um, but if you really want to feel old, Donald Driver's son committed to Penn State. <laughs> Jesus. Lord. Donald Driver was that. playing like 10 minutes ago. I would what have lost he? a bet if you asked me if he was playing right now. I mean, isn't he? I, I guess not. I, I, wow. Yeah, to me, Donald Driver's like 30 years old. But I, mean, I guess, yeah. wow. I mean, obviously. That's I mean, stunning. That is stunning. And Drake Kirkpatrick's son, you know, is being recruited right now. Drake Kirkpatrick, I wonder how many times in the NFL there have been father-son duos playing at the same time. In the NFL. Well, Pat Sertan's dad played for Nick Saban when Saban coached the Dolphins. You know, that's about the closest thing I can come, you know, in terms of what immediately comes to mind. But – uh, but obviously, Pat Sertan Sr. has not been in the NFL for uh, for a few years, and now his, uh, his son is a rookie. But, yeah, in the NFL, it's tough for two reasons. Here's the number one reason. Unless your name is Tom Brady, uh, it's very difficult to still be playing in the NFL in your late 30s, to say nothing really of your early 30s. I mean, the NFL is not Major League Baseball yeah. or even NBA basketball uh, there's just shorter careers, you know, in the NFL in general. I know y'all can all spit out exceptions to that, but you know what I'm saying. In general, there's just not a lot of 36-year-old NFL football players unless you're a quarterback or a kicker. Um, all right, buddy. Uh, later this week, we're going to have some more podcasts with us. I'm also going to ha- – um, 
excuse me, I got a frog in my throat because I'm so old, I guess. Um, I'm going to do one with Chris Gordy from Locked On SEC, going to try and get the Locked On Oklahoma guys at some point. So we got a lot of things to go on. Uh, you mentioned, was it Nikki Chevalier? What's her name? Nikki Chevelle. Nikki Chevelle. I'm going with Chevalier. Chevalier yeah, sounds cool. Sexy. Yeah, we can get Nikki on the show to talk recruiting uh, uh, anytime. Uh, she, Nikki, by the way, very familiar. Even though she's new to the Alabama market, uh, she has been uh, covering Arkansas for the past four years. So it's just her first year oh, in the right. Alabama market. But she, uh, she's, she's over to a whole new world, isn't she? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, uh, that in our first meeting, I was told what I bought up. Like she's very. <laughs> Uh, she's very experienced with SEC recruiting, but uh, I don't think we recruit a lot of the same dudes. <laughs> she's like, wait a minute, y'all have people that want to come here? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Arkansas, I love you. Um, all right, that's going to do it for this episode, Jimmy. Uh, so until tomorrow, roll time. Roll time.